How do you know if your real estate investment is a home run or a total disaster? If you're new to real estate investing, the major stat we use to forecast our property's ROI is capitalization rate. It allows us to determine if we are actually making our ROI or if we are losing money. In this episode, Mike Riley and Mike Ferrante talk about all of this and much more on the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast. Hi, everybody. It's Mike Riley on a beautiful summer day, no, late spring day, 80 degrees, sunny, Uh, a lot of green out there. The grass is growing leaps and bounds, and there is no snow, unlike in Colorado. And with me, once again, my sidekick, Mike Ferrante. Hello, Mr. Riley. Good to be here. All right. What's the, uh, what's the, what's the caffeinated uh, status? soy cappuccino this morning <laughs> soy cappuccino yes all right. sir okay all right for our california uh and new york uh listeners so anyways all right so we've got a little theme music of uh haunted mansion halloween music because our our show is uh cap rate horror shows or cap rate schmap rate Mike, I keep hearing from all my all these investors out there. They study the cap rate. It's almost like uh, Egon in Ghostbusters. Hmm. You know, when he sees the ghost in the library with Bill Murray, he immediately looks at his little uh, handheld whatever that was uh, readout. But uh, just the last couple of weeks, we've we've had we've heard some and encountered some real horror stories about people buying houses. So I thought we would kind of revisit that. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, numbers on a piece of paper. It's not uh, not a guarantee, that's for sure. Even though it's in writing. So, all right. Well, let's talk about our first story, which is uh, our doctor who bought on West One Twelfth in Cleveland bought a, a four unit. You want to go over the details? Yeah. So, uh, you know, like many of the investors we encounter, we we hear the story about hey, I bought this property. It was supposed to make this much money, fully tenant occupied, uh, turnkey. That's the word that we hear, Mike, right? And turnkey definition can vary depending on who's using the word. And of course, you know, now he's looking at a fully vacant property, no cash flow. And unfortunately, with the realization that the price he paid based on numbers on, on paper really does exceed the value that the neighborhood supports. So, you know, even though there's numbers on paper, ROI, cap rate, you guys use all those numbers to analyze what is a fair number to pay for something. You have to remember there's also just fair market value for a neighborhood, uh, which takes into account things like risk. You know, and I think that's the biggest one. You know, you look at, Uh, one neighborhood and say, oh, based on these numbers, it's worth this or that. But then if you take those same numbers and put it in a higher risk area, the price has to be lower to accommodate for that risk. Right. And we've added it out, um, his name. We've sort of toned out, you know, the general address. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, because uh, the guy is this really super nice guy, well-meaning. And as, as we're seeing in a lot of our investors, I mean, they're really going into this with very good intentions. 
I mean, they, they're doing their homework. They think they're doing their homework and they are planning for their future, building some financial stability. It's almost like when Lindsay, my oldest daughter, who runs the prop- property sector of our company, uh, when she was born, you know, you start thinking about, well, college savings plan. And you just feel so good about that college savings plan. When in reality, I don't know, the cost of college, that's a whole nother subject. But for a lot of these investors we see, they, they're coming into it with very, very good intentions. They want to save for their future, right? Absolutely. You know, these a lot of these guys we talk to, guys and gals we talk to are in a different field. They're a doctor, lawyer, whatever. And they say, hey, I've managed to save some money. I want to put it to work. And they're getting into a field they don't know as much about. And, you know, these horror stories uh, we hear too often. And, and, you know, certainly I feel for these folks that have gone down a path and they don't get what they thought they were going to get. Yeah. And for me, it another analogy that just jumps out at me is the vacation home, the vacation plan, you know, where you would buy two weeks, a timeshare on a vacation plan. And that was, again, good intentions. We want to go away someplace warm. Why buy a house? Why buy a vacation home when we can just uh, go to any number of great locations and uh, we're going to have a great time with the family, et cetera, et cetera. So this reminds me of another deal, uh, type of deal that has historically gone south, and that's the timeshare. You know what I'm talking about? Of course, yeah. These are people they bought, plunked down money. In fact, I'm stunned at how much money they did plunk down to buy vacation uh, timeshares. And then within, um, what, a couple of years, the blooms off the rose. And they're, re- they're running into the realities of what it is to have a timeshare. And now you're locked in and maybe you can't use it. Now you start selling. And all you got to do is go on, back in the day, go on Craigslist or, and you'll see just endless people wanting to get out of their timeshare. You recall that? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole secondary market for timeshares that, that, that was created, you know, you could buy timeshares that people were dumping for pennies on the dollar. Yeah. Okay. So our investor has bought this fourplex quadplex. Is that what you call it? As opposed to duplex. Yeah. Quad fourplex, whatever. Yep. Okay. Now here's what happened. The cap rate looked great. The cap rate looked great. The people that are selling it, uh, this deal, the numbers all look good, except for one thing. They had a voucher tenant in this place. Not only a voucher tenant, but a voucher tenant with psychiatric problems. So by the time the place closed, the other tenants in the building moved. They were willing to re-sign, they were willing to release, but as long as that person was there, no way, I'm out of here. And then finally, the person had to evict the voucher program because it was just nothing but chaos. 
Do you want to elaborate on that? Without yeah, and I think in one, trouble politically, correct? Yeah, trouble no, no. And I think, and I think a piece of the story that I think is important to talk about. And again, we've uh, changed the names to protect the innocent, right? But you know, part of the story that I think is pretty important is that uh, the agent who sold this fellow the property is also the property manager, or at least Whoops. the same company. Whoops. And, you know, it's kind of like the foxes watching the hen house, you know, so could this have been avoided if there were more checks and balances, you know, not having the same person who's going to manage the property, help you with buying decisions, you know, I'm a proponent of, of that. And I think that in this case, it probably would have helped, <laughs> you know, at least you have a little a more objective opinion. The other part of it was that apparently, even though this was turnkey you know, ready for long-term cash flow. Somehow, all of those leases expired right around the same time. I mean, that would be information I'd want to know if I were a buyer. Not that leases are a guarantee of future payments. I mean, we talk about this all the time, Mike. Is you know, investors are always asking me, "Well, how long is a lease? How many months left on the lease?" Like somehow that's some guarantee of payment. Uh, yeah, sure, I'd rather have a solid lease in place, but the reality is that with uh, many tenants, they don't have a lot to lose. You know, you, sometimes we're dealing with tenants who say, yeah, you know what? Ownership has changed hands. I feel like this is my opportunity to move just because. And then you run right. into, well, gosh, are you really going to pursue this tenant, this, this $800 a month tenant? Are you really going to pursue them for a, for a judgment? And they, usually the answer is no. Hey, let's stop here. We got to pay some bills. 30 seconds and we'll be back. Starting a small business sounds super simple and lucrative until your customers don't pay and you can't meet payroll. Speaking of payroll, maybe that problem got solved because your workers quit on you in the middle of that big contract. The pitfalls and minefields are endless and after a while you just feel like a hamster on a wheel. And that is where we come in. We are the consultant slash coach you need to navigate the problems you face. We provide the kind of answers that your MBA degree can't. With 45 years of success and a mountain of mistakes, we've seen it all. You're already working hard. How about working smart? You can do it. You just don't know how to do it yet. So how about a helping hand? Call 216-371-8160 for more information. Right. And that's, they're exhausted they're, And it's so, and it's like you said, it's the perfect time for a sketchy tenant to just stop paying the rent because new ownership's coming in. And that is exactly what happened with our number two investor from uh, the Bay area. He bought a duplex again, near West side. And as soon as it closed, all of a sudden the tenant's not paying the rent, not paying the rent not paying the rent. Then he's not paying the utilities. Now the utilities are getting shut off. And then he's pointing fingers. Uh, hey, you know, well, we agreed that the, the owner was going to pay the utilities. And where's the lease? And does the lease say that? I mean, it's just a nightmare for this guy. And that's yeah. the second investor I've talked to in the last three weeks. And folks, look at, we're going to be putting an ad on. And I'm on Amari to put this ad on because I'm sick of coming out to these train wrecks deals. And I think to myself, if you and I 
had been in a position to vet this deal, we would have immediately caught the red flags. Immediately. Like, okay, who's the tenant here? Who's the tenant? Where did, and, and even go out and, and meet the tenants. Go out and talk to the people that are living there. Actually go out and actually walk the area around the duplex or quadplex. Because you're going to quickly find that, man, this is not a very good neighborhood. It's close to, not that far away from a good area. But when you start seeing a lot of dollar stores, hair salons, you know, uh, paycheck lending uh, stores around that property, uh, I don't know about this area, whether this is the kind of thing you want to invest from, an, from outside the state. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's the whole boots on the ground thing. I know it sounds cliche, but you know, having uh, someone who knows the neighborhoods and is willing to tell you the ugly truths. You know, Mike, how how often do we talk about this? You know, especially this particular one. Again, we're not going to get too much in detail on the location, but even though we're on the quote right side of the railroad tracks where this is, it's not the same as a couple blocks away. A couple blocks away. The price on this one was was a great deal, but because this is a couple blocks in the wrong direction, so to speak, the values just aren't there. And that's the importance of the knowing the nuances of neighborhoods and streets and blocks and uh, being able to like diagnose an, an area in a little more detail than just saying, "Oh, well, Zillow says." Oh, forget Zillow. Forget <laughs> Zillow. I mean, really, that's that's another cap rate mirage, in my opinion. Because again, you're doing this armchair buying. You might as well buy land in Florida from Donald Trump. I mean, really, that's that is how uh, shady, you know, this can be. But you know, you're especially if you're inheriting a tenant, that is just plain Russian roulette, uh, unless those those tenants are vetted, and chances are that somebody is selling this who just wants to get out of this deal. And that's where you kind of look at the price history of this place, these yeah. places, where what, in one year, this place is, is worth, what, 50% more? Yeah, that, really? that was another step. Yeah, that was another step we took. You know, we, we saw that there was a transfer uh, for uh, $70,000 less just six months earlier and there was really no significant change to the property. Right. And who's selling this property? Again, it's the property manager who's probably got some vested interest in getting out from under this property. And again, out of state, doesn't know the area, hasn't done the due diligence, first time, stars in their eyes. It's like buying that oceanfront timeshare. And then pretty soon reality sets in. And you could be looking at a hundred thousand dollar loss easily for this. So we had another deal where uh, another California buyer bought a duplex in a nice area in Cleveland Heights, a hipster area, and he inherited a tenant on the first floor. And this guy had PTS. And he would be screaming at 3 a.m. in the morning. And we later found out when we actually stepped in and managed this property thinking, okay, yeah, we'll get the second floor rented out. This guy inherited a nightmare. 
In fact, neighbors said police were always getting called out uh, for this guy in the first floor. They couldn't rent the second floor. Um, you knock on the door, you talk to the guy, and finally it took them three, four months to evict this guy. Hmm. And uh, so, again, you inherited a tenant, which was a landmine there. That, And then on top of that, our guy, our investor in California, had to put 50 grand into the house for unexpected repairs on the second floor porch. The wiring wasn't good. Supposedly, they had a um, inspector come in. So not only did he get a bad tenant on the first floor, he had a mountain of additional expenses that he had to pay for. And this is not the first time I've seen this. When um, I saw that with our client, Renee, who almost bought another house, no last name, and it was ready to be condemned, this place. I don't know who's doing these inspections. So between the property managers vetting it, the ins housing inspectors coming out, it, it is, it's the wild, wild west out here, folks, yeah. in terms of investing in Cleveland. Yeah, Mike, you, you've probably heard the expression, and this doesn't apply to everybody, but it's kind of a fun thing to talk about. Those who can't teach. You know, so you, so you hear, you know, about, <laughs> you know, you failed in this, but you become a teacher instead. It's kind of, it, it, there are instances where, you know, someone who was a contractor or, or was in the building industry couldn't cut it there. So instead they become a, a home inspector, you know, it's yeah, so important exactly. First, to have that property inspected and inspected by whom. Right. Well, there was a story, that was the line in Annie Hall, Woody Allen said. Those who can't, those who can't teach, those who can't teach, teach Jim. I remember that. <laughs> one. Got so, it. But no, they, again, there are good realtors. They're bad realtors. They're good inspectors. They're bad inspectors. Or and there are a lot of people uh, in between. So listen, anybody who's investing in real estate, I'm I'm doing my own self promotion. Just call us for a consultation. It's 150 an hour. Sometimes if I just talk to somebody on the phone for, you know, 10, 15 minutes, uh, they owe me a bottle of red. That's my drizzly.com charge. And now I'm up to four bottles, Mike. I've got four bottles so far. In the you're you're going to need months. to add an addition on the wine cellar. <laughs> exactly. So what other horror besides getting shot? We're not going to bring that story up. That Israeli guy who bought in, you know, another area who got shot. Yeah, I mean, certainly the safety issues come up, uh, but I think the number one thing is the numbers on paper, you know, understanding that there's still a neighborhood associated with that and, and the whole risk level. Uh, you know, I, I think the other thing to consider what, as it relates to neighborhoods is I love to make the analogy that you could buy the best property in the world. It's kind of like buying a race car. Buy, you could buy the Ferrari. But if there's no gas in the tank, you're not going to drive very far. And the gas in the tank is the property manager. So regardless of how good the property is, if your management isn't high test, you know, you're going to have a clunky ride. So it, it's so important to have all of the pieces in place before you make this decision to take that money that you've worked so hard to earn in whatever field you're in and plunk it down on something that you think is this turnkey can't lose investment. There's just so many wild cards here. It, it's so important to do all the homework ahead of time. And if it sounds too good to be true, it is. Exactly. 
Yeah, exactly. So, all right, well, let's, uh, let's end this horror show with uh, just a quick heat check. Because we did our heat check show about 10 days ago. And, you know, there's all this news on inflation, the economy, the, the markets going into bear territory. So tell me anything to report uh, for heat check in real estate in Cleveland right now, late yeah, May. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I think this is probably true nationwide that we are noticing a shift in the market. And, and by a shift, you know, things don't, you don't, you don't turn a cruise ship on a dime. And that's essentially what the real estate market is. Just like in 08, when things crashed, you know, we tend to think of things, oh my God, it crashed overnight. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. It took months and months and months for these changes to happen. And they happened a little bit at a time over time. And that's what we're beginning to see is a shift in the market from this wild seller's market to, oh, instead of uh, 40 offers, we only got eight offers this, this weekend on this particular house. So that's, I think that trend is going to continue. And I think it's good and healthy for the market. It's not uh, oh my gosh, the, the sky is falling. It's This is a good thing. This needed to happen. And we're going to start heading toward more of a balanced market. So if you're buying and having trouble, there's some relief in sight. And if you are a seller, keep in mind markets change and you're not going to be holding all the cards in a very short period of time. Right. And I, our next uh, episode, we're going to talk about some insider tips on how to buy a house in a hot, getting cooler market and and what to look for. But um, that will conclude, Mike, our heat check and horror show podcast. And uh, we'll pick it up next week. All right. All right. Looking forward to it. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Cleveland Real Estate Investor Podcast with Mike Riley. Please add our show or follow us on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcast, or Spotify. Leave a like or comment on the video. All engagement is appreciated. Subscribe to us on YouTube as well for video content coming soon. For any Cleveland listeners or Cleveland Browns fans, you can check out our other podcast, Cleveland Browns Anonymous, for our weekly group therapy session. This is also on all the same platforms as the Cleveland Real Estate Investor.